Alright everybody, welcome to another episode of the panel discussion. This is our very special Halloween episode. I am one of your host, Matt Johnson, alongside Matthew Murdoch, aka Greg Knowlton. And the Punisher. The Marvel's Punisher. The Mar <laughs> the, Mar the Cosmic Space Punisher. <laughs> Chris Goa. He is here. We are live for another week. Not of Pete Hardman the Punisher. <laughs> of podcast recording. Uh what we do here is take Old comic books, new comic books, rate them on five categories, art, action, dialogue, story, and rereadability. I think I got those mixed up a little bit. But, yeah, so grade them out of ten, get a score, and we go from there. But today, as we said, is our Halloween episode, and I'm struggling here. I got a Deadpool mask on. It's really hot. Can't concentrate. Can barely see. Um, how are you guys doing today? They're pretty good. I see that we picked comics, and uh, Greg picked encyclopedias. I, I, so, uh, <laughs> I only did one issue out of each. I just bought you. Okay. I, was, I saw those giant books. I'm like, oh, man. Nope. I did not prepare. <laughs> Oof. Um, yeah, today we're, we're foregoing the uh, traditional old and new book. We're just kind of picking two Halloween books, and they're not specific Halloween. They're just, they're just really monsters. In comic books, so to speak. Spooky. So. Yeah, any Halloween theme you could think of, you know, where it's like vampires or, you know, or magic or ghosts or skeletons or, you know. Aliens. Aliens. Like anything that would fall in the horror category. Absolutely. Um, we don't have much news today. What I actually wanted to bring up, sure. Uh, since you know we're gonna kind of, and we'll tell the people to do some more newsy stuff throughout the weeks on Facebook Live, just some kind of exclusive con content here and there. But I wanted to talk: who are your favorite Halloween esque comic book characters? Ooh, that is a great question. Spectre. Spectre. Spectre is a good one. Hmm. Or Etrigan, DC as well. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to have pick one, two, you can pick five, whatever. Just, like, kind of have a freelance conversation. That's what I was thinking of on the way here. Um, I love Etrigan. I'll be talking about him today, but Morbius is definitely, and Blade, I guess you can add to that. Yeah, I gotta give a ride. Ghost, or I mentioned, you know. Ghost Rider? Uh, yeah, Ghost Rider. Um, Morbius was a, this is such a struggle right now. <laughs> it's so funny to watch. Uh, but I'm gonna power through it. You guys don't let me quit on this Deadpool mask. Uh, but yeah, Blade's another cool one. Uh, I did a book on Morbius today, and it was a lot of fun. There, there's a lot of monster esque characters that I mean, it's Man Thing. Uh, Man Thing. We have. Uh, I mean, there is the whole. Uh, what are they called? The Howling Commandos. Yeah, howling. yeah Werewolf by Night with Jack, uh, Werewolf by Night Jack Russell, which I love that they picked that as his name. Howling Commandos is great because there's Warwolf. You've got. Uh, Zombie Jasper Sitwell. I think Man Thing was a part of it for a minute. Yes, there's a whole it's like weird. There's a Frankenstein. Yep. Uh, they've had all types, all types of characters. Um, on the DC perspective, you talked about you know Etrian. You talked about Spectre, John Constantine, the Justice League Dark. Uh, yeah. yeah, any you know uh, Dead Man. Glad Dead Man's awesome. Dead, Dead Man's a huge one. I mean, yeah, I would even like put like if you talk about magic, like Zatanna, Doctor Strange, Black uh, Orchid, uh, Doc, uh, what's that? Vo Voodoo. Uh. You're thinking Doctor Fate. Yeah. No, that's Doctor Fate. Oh, button. there's a Doctor Voodoo. I think. Mr. Dr. Voodoo. Voodoo yeah, Mr. Like, Voodoo. Yeah. Yeah, all the Voodoo guys. There's <laughs> a Marvel one that's Voodoo as well. Yeah. It's confusing. Yes, there's, there's a lot. There, there, there's Hellboy. A few. 
Hellboy, yes. I mean, uh, Hellboy's a good one. I mean, technically, where do you draw the line when it comes to a Halloween-esque character? I would say monsters, magic, paranormal, and aliens. What would you go style? But maybe not aliens. We, I, I wouldn't say aliens. Would you, would you say the style matters? Like, Hellboy is definitely a horror-style comic. Like, it has... It it has that suspense, that jump, that that horror factor, like makes you have nightmares a little bit. Where some of that other stuff may not, like the Justice League Dark definitely does. Um, Hobgoblin, right? I mean, he throws uh, Halloween jack o' lanterns. Yeah, that would probably be one I'd have to give a nod to. And you got like Jack o' Lantern from DC, and and then you have Jack o' Lantern also from Agent Venom, who is cutting people's heads open and sticking candles where their brains used to be. So, so. It, yeah, Halloween's a weird one. It's like because you can say Venom in the Shiver comic book is also Halloween because that's like a horror style comic. He's it's very much based off the thing. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's weird. There's a lot. Yeah, when you really think about it, you know there is a lot. I would say if I would have to pick one, who's the most Halloween s character? Uh, it's it's a toss up between Werewolf by Night and Morbius, but I'd probably go with. Morbius. I'd be between Spectre and Hellboy. I'm gonna, yeah, I, I'm gonna go Ghost Rider. I'm gonna go Ghost Rider for it. I really am. I like it. I, I think it's cool. I think it's cool. It is. You think they have like some kind of like way for air to get in this hat? This hat? Uh, I, do I, I don't know if they have the meat sweats going on right now or what. <laughs> and those of you listening here on uh, Monday, which will be two days before Halloween, uh, and those of you listening live now, we could write it in the chat. Uh, but if you who's your what comic book character makes you instantly think of Halloween? Like, yeah. if you're like, hey, pick a comic book character that expresses Halloween, who would you pick? Yeah, like yeah, that. tell us, tell us. We want to read about it. Um, post it on our page too. We have so much. Um, actually, we don't have enough content. We want more fan interaction on the page. Not just when we're giving stuff away too. Just uh, just more discussions. You know, we're open for that. So that's what we're all about. Speaking of that too, we'll be, we'll work something out. We're going to launch it Monday. Uh, I'm going to talk to these guys after, but we'll probably do a costume contest. Send your best yeah. superhero costume from this coming Wednesday. Comic and book we'll have a prize for you. I like the sound of that. That is a great idea. I love it. Let's, yeah, let's do it with that. Um, sweet, sweet, sweet. Ooh. Tice brought up Swamp Thing. Oh, yeah. That, 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 Swamp Thing. That's, thing. yeah. That's definitely a big one right there. I would say so. I would say so. Um, okay. You guys ready to get started? Yeah, let's get it going. All right. Halloween S books. Who wants to start off? Oh, uh, gosh. I'll, I'll go. You can go. I'm always like, we're always like, ah. Well, yeah. Whatever goat works. All right. Uh, I'll go. I'll start with, uh, this is a very interesting one I got. It's from 1973. Ooh. And I got it from the outlet. I actually got both of mine from the book outlet. Uh, this is from 1973, and this one is called If You Don't Believe in Ghosts, We Challenge You to Read True Tales of the Weird and Supernatural. <laughs> so, just got an Are You Afraid of the Dark Bob? Pretty, pretty interesting <laughs> cover. You got a, uh, a bullfighter, a ghost bullfighter, and a ghost. Ooh. I mean, I'm sorry, a, a skeleton bullfighter and a uh, bull. They are ghosts. Um, Real quick, before I get into the story, we t- we talk about these ads, how funny they are. Oh, man, in 1973 were these ads not – it was all about guys being tough because there was an ad, like, to join karate. Uh, there, But here's the one that really ma- made me really laugh. Where is it? I think it's actually towards – There's, like, the a back. specific – Here it is. Hey, 
Now you can have muscles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if some of you listening can't read, but it's this, uh, this like big, big muscly guy, and it gives you basically, you send in, it's the Hercules 2 program. Oh my gosh. And, uh, you can, uh, gain muscles. So I wonder how that worked for anybody. Uh, I want to know if any there. of these phone numbers or mailing addresses are still active for these companies. <laughs> Just fill it out and mail it. I we thought should, about it. We should send some stuff out and see what we get back. We, we, we get back sea monkeys. They'll be dead. They'll <laughs> I, all be dead. I want sea monkeys. I, I would, I'm all about it. My mom found us sea monkeys. She right. told me she was going to buy it for us. Let's. Your mom is a saint. We, I can't say it enough. We need the <laughs> panel discussion sea monkeys. Um, so I'll kind of get, I'll get into my book here. Uh, it's three small stories in one book. Um, I'll kind of summarize each story as quick as possible. Uh, the first one's the haunted horns of death. Uh, it's about this guy. He's, uh, he really wants to be a bullfighter. And then there's these like rich, like douchebags. <laughs> they really are. And they're telling the guy, oh yeah, you, you know, you could definitely be a bullfighter. Uh, why don't you do it tomorrow? Tomorrow go, go be a bullfighter. Um, I think it's based in the forties. Yeah, tomorrow go be a bullfighter or whatever. And the next day was the running with the bulls. So the guy goes out there and he's trying to bullfight, like, and there's like all these bulls coming. And the bull storms at him and kills him, but also kills itself because it ran into the wall. So now like the police are questioning this rich guy and everything. And he goes, Oh, it was just a joke. We didn't know he would get killed or whatever. But the one guy, his name's Don Vicente. No remorse whatsoever uh, for basically causing this guy's death, this Ignacio guy. So the, after that joke happened, though, all the, Don Vicente's friends were like, ah, I, "I want nothing to do with you. You're this is weird. You're like you joke way too hard." Finally, they agreed to go to a party where he had free drinks and free food, and he's like, "Yeah, I knew that would get him in. That suckers, like you know." Well, the ghost of Ignacio and the bull show up. And they kill Don Vincente. Oh, my God. Or Vincente, I don't know how they pronounce it. And there's, like, a priest saying, like, you know, this was not an accident. Because the cops think it was just an accident, not a ghost. And he goes, this was not an accident. This was a ghost. <laughs> cool little story. And, uh, hey, d- I feel like some jokes go too far. I know. It's pretty crazy. The, the second you said, like, this is not an accident. This is a ghost. I was waiting for, like, the Who to start playing and someone to put their sunglasses on. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. Um... <laughs> The next story was another really interesting one. It was called The Last Skrill Laugh of the Phantom. Or Last Shrill Laugh of the Phantom. And it's about Benito Mussolini. This book was interesting. And it's about Benito Mussolini's rise to power in Italy and how he was listening to this phantom ghost. And he started, like, not listening to the phantom ghost. And the phantom ghost is like, oh, okay, all right, yeah, do that, do that. So, like, the phantom ghost at one point disagrees with him, then starts agreeing with him, basically leading down his path of failure, like, him being, you know, uh, Italy, like, starts losing the war, uh, Hitler turns on him. It, I know, this is in a comic book in the 73. But the great sense. thing about it is Mussolini gets killed, is getting killed, and he asks the, the, the phantom for his help, and he's like, Ah, I led you to your downfall, and it's I'm the only true Roman. It's the ghost of Julius Caesar. That's pretty good. <laughs> like, yeah, it was pretty sweet. Super weird. It was actually really cool. And then the third story, which was stupid, uh, was <laughs> called Omen from the Beyond, and it's about this guy and his daughter, and uh, her mom and his wife 
they, that woman just died and they have her ashes and the daughter's like, Oh, I don't know why you keep the ashes. And well, she wants to be at the home with us. Well, the daughter's like, well, dad, tomorrow I'm leaving. I'm not staying here, whatever. Right. So the, the dad goes to bed and the daughter, she's smoking a cigarette, whatever. The fires, uh, the cigarette starts to house on fire, but there's wind outside and it knocks the ashes on the ground and it smothers the fire so they don't die. And she wakes up. She goes, Oh, Mom is here with us. I won't, uh, I won't leave after all. And that was the end of, the, end of that story. That's, ho- that was, I that's know. horrible. <laughs> I know. That is like X23 bad. <laughs> like, so number the, four to be specific. So the, pro- the problem is, is I gotta rate this book as one. Hold on, let me get myself but this, together. This goddamn omen for the beyond book. Really hurt the rest of the book. Yeah. And that's a DC book, you said? DC 1973. And there's a few of these. I looked them up. Uh, they got a little bit of value to them, too. Nothing crazy, but we're talking 10, 15 bucks. Wow. Yeah, they got some value to them. Um, this one's a little bit beat up, though. I found this at, you know, for a dollar. This one's a little beat up. But if you had these in pristine shape, you'd probably get like 20 bucks. Yeah, oh, not I'd bad. Imagine. Not bad. They were 20 cents, too. <laughs> so back then. Uh, all right. So. We'll start with action. Oh man, artwork. again, artwork. artwork. Yes, it's there the we, go. we have two A's in a row, and that's a problem. I'll, I'll mix it up next time. Yeah. Uh, so we'll start with the artwork. Um, it's it's really like seventies cartoon strip kind of artwork. Like it's not terrible, but it's not like breathtaking. Right. Uh, so I'll, I'll give it. I give it a five. A five. Okay. Um, action. Uh. There's not, I mean, there is some scenes of the bullfighting and then the, uh, Mussolini, like, you know, guys in war and stuff, but there's no, like, direct action, but it does, like, there is the, kind of the action of just, like, the ghosts and this and that. So, I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll give that a six. Okay. Uh, the storytelling. Yes. The storytelling for the first two stories was really, really good. I loved the the story about like the the ghost going to haunt the the rich like douchebag guy, and uh, <laughs> and I really liked the Mussolini story. It was it was an it was a cool yeah, like really it was a nice swerve. But the omen for the Beyond story is dumb, so it would have got a ten because I really liked it. But now it gets a seven. Something that'd be like Ooh. a scary episode of Wishbone. Seven. Stupid omen. Yeah, I know. He said Wishbone. <laughs> um. There was an episode of Wishbone that freaked me out as a kid. There was like the monkey's paw or something. I I didn't sleep well. Really? That messed you up? Yeah. You ever see monkey shines? You won't sleep well after that. I don't want to know. Uh, as far as dialogue, um, it was it was pretty it, it was pretty alright to read. Uh, I mean it wasn't like I mean it was the seventies. You're talking forty years ago. Okay. Uh, but I mean it was pretty easy to read. I, I'd give it an eight. Eight for the dialogue. Okay. And then for the rereadability, I this is kind of cool because I would kind of reread it for the Mussolini story and for the uh, bullfighter story. You know, it's like one of those like oh, tell a ghost story type things. Uh, so for that, I'll give that an eight as well. <laughs> my over my overall thing is is it was a fun little book, but it, it's a 1973 comic yeah. book. Not scratching your belly, dog. 
So yeah, nice try, Prince. Okay, uh, 34 out of 50 is the rating Chris gives for, what is the name of the book again? It was, if you don't believe in ghosts, ghosts is the big thing, we challenge you to read True Tales of the Weird and Supernatural. It's a lot to type, man. That is a mouthful. That is a mouthful. I'll let okay. you take a picture. If I remember. Oof. Uh, alright. Thir- yeah, 34 out of 50 Chris gives for that, that score there. Um, you know what? I'll throw us in for a loop. I'm going to go next. I'm going to go next. Whoa. Yeah. I'm getting a little hot. A little hot. Okay. Everybody. Uh, <laughs> this is so difficult. Okay. Uh, my book uh, was called Dracula vs. Zorro. It's actually a Topps um, comic book, which I never knew was a thing. And Facebook Live, I'll show you guys the cover real quick. It's really dark. It's really, really cool. I'm not entirely sure what uh, year it's from, Um, but there was an advertisement for the first Mortal Kombat game on the back. So this one was a fun read. Uh, Started off with little uh, Dracula backstory, you know, how he moves. He has different places, goes from Spooky Castle to Spooky Castle, and then it cuts into a scene with Zorro. He's getting a new sword, uh, which was pretty cool. It's like... Got like fire powers and stuff. It's pretty neat. Um, it's got yeah. It has like fire around it. It's pretty. It's really cool. Um, some some mob is coming for this guy who just wielded the new sword for Zoro. Zoro slips out the back and actually defeats this mob to save save the dude. All right. Um, introduces this this caretaker for Dracula who. Uh, Keeps an eye on him when he's when he's sleeping in a, in a casket, and it goes to they're prepping him. They're gonna ship him to a new place because uh, the villagers are are they they know what's going on with him and they're they're ready to bur- you know attack the castle. So he puts him in a coffin, gets him prepped to go, puts him on a ship, which happens to be carrying a. A very beautiful lady. Uh, I think she's royalty. I can't remember uh, exactly. And it's kind of hard to see right now. But also, uh, Zorro's human, you know, secret identity. He he works on this ship, uh, of course. Just happens to work on it. And he gets in a dialogue with this beautiful woman about how he's going to protect her while they're um, they're in his. He's going to practice lady while she's she's with them, you know, from anything from bad from happening. And there's a scene where they unload the coffin, carrying Dracula. And then they're at night, where this caretaker opens up for, open up uh, Dracula's coffin. And he's going after this beautiful lady. And uh, he mesmerizes the, the, the woman. And Zorro sees it. He tries to go, you know, get her away from him. Um, and his non, he wasn't in his identity, secret, uh, excuse me, secret, co- his, his Zorro costume yet. Um, and then eventually it gets to a big, a big fight. Um, the vampire, Dracula, he ends up biting this beautiful woman. Um, and then Zorro goes to attack. He turns into a giant dragon bat thing. <laughs> And it's le- left off at to be continued. So, 
little. I mean, it was a it was a relatively quick read, but I didn't mind it at all. I'll get right into the uh, review for it. The artwork was really good. It was tops. It looked to be looked to be about maybe early early um, to mid nineties, and I'm going to give the artwork a seven. I'm probably guessing ninety five. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. I, I I was really surprised to see it was a Topps issued comic and not something else like Image or anything like that. It just threw me the book. I'll see if I can figure it out. Let me find it. Hold on. Let's <laughs> see here. Yeah, it's it's tricky to because like the way to really find the year sometimes on these is like in some of the advertisements. I gotta take this thing off. Hold on. All right, so we got 1992 for the Mortal Kombat ad. So I'm guessing. 92. 93, 92, yeah. It, it, I believe it's 92. Okay. It's a, it, I will say this. Hey, Matt, we're going okay, to no, Okay, no. All right. <laughs> so, 92 is the Mortal Kombat ad, but 93, October 93. Okay. So, but, man, for 93, this is awesome. It's I'm really good. It looks right. great. You know what? Now that I have my Deadpool goggles off, I'm going to give it a 9. I'm going to give it a 9. I mean, looking at this cover, too. You know, if you really got to look at it in the light to really get a full grasp, if you're just looking at this in a dark room, all you see is the title, Dracula versus Zorro, and you see his, the white of his eyes, and you see red from blood. Uh, but it's like a, it's almost like a silhouette, reverse silhouette. I, I, it, it looks it really out like a current comic book. Yeah. Or like the late 90s, like, like books like that. It's really, really impressive. Yeah, so I'm going to give that a 9. Action was very minimal. Actually, it was very minimal. Um, what I did see was relatively cool. It was it was cool seeing Zorro in a comic book. I've never read a Zorro comic book before. The only things I've seen were the it was Antonio Banderas movies yep. back in the in the nineties, and that's the only thing I've seen from him. But to see his acrobatic moves and I mean he's just he's just a simple simple superhero uh, so to speak, um, if you, if you want to call him that. But I'm going to give the action a six. Story wise. I'm actually very curious. This is part one of two. Um, I know I read that. So I'm wondering where it goes and how Zoro is going to fight this evo- like monster dragon bat <laughs> thing that Dracula has become upon drinking all the blood from this uh, this beautiful woman. It's it's pretty it's pretty intense. I'm gonna give the story an eight. Dialogue. Really, really good stuff. As I say with most uh, most of the books, the dialogue helps the story go a long way. And there's a lot to read in here. Um, a lot to read. Backstory and, and just so much. I'm going to give the dialogue an 8. Uh, rereadability? You know what? I really liked it. I'm going to give it a 7 to finish that off. So we have a score of 18, 23... 31, 38, 38 out of 50 is what I got. As long as my Niagara Falls math uh, mm-hmm. has not let me down this far. <laughs> 38 out of 50 for that score. Dracula vs. Zorro, one of, uh, number one of two, Tops Comics. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a neat find. That was a neat find. I actually got that one at that used book outlet in, um, in at the Boulevard Mall. Yeah, that that's very cool. Tops, man, that's very cool. Mm. I did not even know. 
that they had an issue of comics. I don't wonder how far they went into it. If they acquired characters like Zorro and like that, like Green Hornet characters. Yeah, yeah. I, That's an interesting, interesting uh, research to do one time. Yeah, I would I would like to look that up, most definitely. All right, Greg. I mean, Mr. Mister Murdoch. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> I did Oblivion Song for my first. Um, it is a Robert Kirkman comic, so... Anyone, well, it's Image Comics, but it's written by Robert Kirkman. So if you're a fan of The Walking Dead, you know Kirkman. Um, I really liked The Walking Dead comics when I had first started reading them before the show had really gotten popular. Right. Um, so I was really excited to read this because this is his first venture since he's ended that. So this – I'll hop right into it. It opens up with um, two people. They're pretty skinny. They look kind of famished and their clothes are all torn up. And they are running away in this like weird alien world where there's like these – just like weird alien plants and like pus pockets, like just everywhere. Um, and there is a sniper following them, trying to shoot them. So one of them gets shot and all of a sudden they just disappear. And the, the woman who's with the man is, is freaking out going, where did he go? Where did he go? And he's trying to, the sniper's trying to shoot her as well. Um, and this giant like monster just comes out of nowhere. That's really crazy design. And I really like it. Uh, and just throws the sniper and the sniper continues to try to shoot the woman rather than the monster. And right as the monster's about to bite down on her, he hits her and she disappears. It looks Star Star Wars ish. It is kind Star of Star Wars in, in a way, yeah. Um, he the monster starts to charge him, and you see him like tapping a belt and then freaking out, going like something's wrong, something's wrong. And he reaches down into his sniper rifle uh, as the monster chases him and stabs himself in the neck with one of the um, bullets from his sniper rifle right as the monster's about to bite down on him. It cuts back, and the woman and the man are just in the middle of a desert, and there's two doctors trying to help sedate them and calm them down. Uh, and you find out that he they were teleported from this other world back to Earth. And this sniper was the guy that was – he was hunting them to save them. Okay. Um, and they've been missing. And they're just kind of talking about what's going on. His belt's broken, and you find out that they were a government um, – a governmentally funded organization that has now lost their funding. Um, and they're like, oh, these saving these two people might get us our funding back. Um, they're a married couple that has been missing for a long time. And, like, it's a huge deal. The news is covering it. Uh, and But there's also, um, like, they're, they're, they're reunited with their family. But there's also this like, these other people that are saying um, these people were sinners that were taken away and sent to hell. And bringing them back is bringing hell back to them. Uh, and everyone needs to repent. And the, you see the sniper um, behind this person. It's at a giant memorial with everyone who went missing's names. And he's like scraping the names off of the people that he brought back. Oh. Um, and it cuts back and he's at a bar. Uh, and he just, he has two shot glasses and clanks one of the shot glasses and has a drink by himself. Um, and another guy comes, a guy comes in telling him that, Hey, I see you bring, you're bringing back the other people. If you go, if you find your brother while you're out there, remember he owes me money. Um, so you get the idea his brother's actually missing. Um, he goes back to the government to get funding. I think his name is, I forgot his name already. Name, his name is Nathan Cole. Is okay. The sniper. Um, Nathan meets up with his girlfriend who's actually part of the government and is the one who got him the meeting. Um, she works for the organization that used to fund him. But the organization refuses to continue funding because um, it's just false hope for people and that it's it's just making things harder and they need to give up. They found two lives in the last six months and that's it. 
So they, they just need to give up. Um, he cuts back to the doctor and you get the idea that the, the doctor was actually trapped in this place before and he still wears his shoes that he wore the whole time he was there because they kept him alive and it's a reminder of where he came from. Um, and he's a little jumpy. He almost like hits his wife, um, because she scares him and he like turns around and, and apologizes. Uh, the Nathan, Nathan's girlfriend comes to come over for a weekend. They get in an argument um, over the fact that he's still trying to go back and find his brother and that they're just saying like, oh, you're, you're doing this to find your brother, not really to find these other people like that. If your brother wasn't missing, you wouldn't care about this project. Right. Um, and he ends up going back in and getting attacked by uh, a bunch of monsters. He finds a body and um, says if it's his brother that he's hopes he's all right. And he takes like a, a dental mold of him, or he's sorry, rather. Uh, he's all right. Uh, before he starts to get attacked, and he sees there's a group of people watching them, and it's actually his brother that's watching them. And his brother is, like, starting to transform and has, like, some of the spores oh. from the alien world on yeah, him. Yeah, that looks cool. Um, And says the Crenshaw plan, who is the married couple that they saved, uh, failed. Whoever this guy is, we need to know what he's doing with our people. I think it's time to set a trap. So he thinks he's like hurting these people and taking them away. Uh, and that's where it ends. Okay. But it's kind of interesting. Brother against brother. That's fun. Uh, I like that. Yeah, it was cool. The, I'll start a rate with the artwork. The artwork was really different. It had a, it took a little bit. At first I wasn't crazy about it, but the more I was reading, the art kind of started to grow on me. Some of the faces look a little weird. Um, but I really like the monsters specifically. So I'm going to give the art a seven. Seven? Okay. Because um, I really like the world and the monsters. The people, I'm not crazy about their faces, to be honest. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> action. Yeah. There's a lot of action. The giant monster, like, slamming through all the buildings, chasing this guy down was really cool. Um, and then, again, later he's getting, like, attacked by the weird, like, alien carrion birds. Um, so I would give the action – I'm going to give the action a seven also. All right. Story. Um, the story is really cool and very original. My only issue is you have no idea what's going on uh, okay. in the sense of like what, what's this other world they're going to. Um, I actually only know because I read a review on it before I picked it up because I was really interested. Um, and this world is some this other place that just like – People got whisked away to like 300 or 3,000 something. I forget what it actually is. Got whisked away to this other world. Um, and then some aliens landed on Earth, but then they were taken away also. Okay. So they're now going to this other world to save all these missing people. Um, but they don't mention that at all, exactly what's going on. So I would say the story, I'm going to give it a seven also. Um, it leaves a little bit out and I, that I think could be could be included. Right. The dialogue was really good though. The dialogue does a great job at like getting to know the characters quick and telling you a lot about them. And, and you get an idea about what's going on through the dialogue um, in a very interesting way. Like you get each person's opinion about it rather than just an overview of what's happening. Right. Um, I'll give the dialogue a nine. Okay. And then rereadability. Um, it's the first issue, and I actually like I bought as Gullo said I bought all the the chapters for this. I bought the first volume because um, I was really excited. So I'm gonna give the rereadability an eight because I'm interested to see where this goes, um, and I'm sure I'm gonna miss stuff the first time I'm reading it through. Uh, I already caught stuff I didn't catch the first time. So yeah, I really I I enjoyed it though. 
Very good. 38 out of 50. And what was the title of that again? I apologize. Oblivion Song. Okay, Oblivion Song. So, yeah, so it's it's Kirkman who did Walking Dead, which he's a very good storyteller. The yeah, he did a few books, right? He he had a part of was it God's Country? He did. He was a part of it, I think. I yeah, he was. I remember we, you were really pumped up when you seen his name on there. Yeah, he's a. I he, I think he's a great writer. I think his comic books are better than his TV shows because he can get away with more. Um, but I I think he does. He did a really good job so far. Good, good, good. All right, Mr. Gulo. Shout out to everybody that's been watching us, though. Uh, uh, Getting a lot of comments. Yes. Uh, Everything good? What's, uh, let's... Josiah Mallory, yes, that is the Infinity Gauntlet. I did say yes on the channel. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, Tice recommended uh, a Bram Stoker's actually tie-in comic to, to the movie. Oh, really? Uh, which the, That's a really cool concept. We got the Hello from uh, Lisa Pellegrino uh, Ellers. Uh, She's the best. Sentinelies. Uh, <laughs> we had some other... I, I saw Puff was watching. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Puff, you're a jabroni if you're still watching. <laughs> yeah, show off the gauntlet a little uh, bit. All right. But, uh, all right, so I'm really excited about this next book. The ghost book was pretty cool, but what I, what I want to do in my second book is I wanted to do it like an, an iconic Halloween-esque uh, comic book character. And I picked, I got two in this one. It's a Doctor Strange book from 1993. And it's during, and honestly, the crazy thing is, ninety three was like his last run before recently. Like he never is really had a single. single wait, single who? Strange or Morbius? St strange. Oh, really? Yeah, he didn't have a singles comic run until what, like late two thousands, I think. Again, the, strange, yeah, yeah. And then he had the current run where he like wields an axe, and I freaking love it. Yeah, because <laughs> like people just forgot about him for a while. Yeah. Um, but uh. This this runs really good, and this ep uh, episode, <laughs> this issue is is actually it says mauled by Mor Morbius in the begin in the front, but it's actually called Field of Bad Dreams. Oh, and it actually is a, a crossover comic with Morbius that was running at the same time too. That's awesome. It tell expands in the story more in Morbius number eight from that same year in nineteen ninety three. Okay. Um, but it, it starts out with, uh, Dr. Strange. He's having some bad nightmares and all he could see is nightmare. You know, uh, the, the, one of his most infamous villains, uh, basically like attacking Morbius in his dream. Like, you know, it's like almost like succumbing and eating him alive. So Dr. Strange wants to research this, but he doesn't want to risk taking his body. So he goes into astral. So cool. Yeah, yeah. He goes goes to astral state and he goes to Morbius's house and sees that Morbius at night is sleeping in his coffin. Yeah, because that's not usual. Well, that's because Morbius is in a dream state and he's uh, comatose. So at that point, Doctor Strange goes into Nightmare's dream realm, which this is really cool. And he originally gets attacked by some monsters. And those you can see, it's pretty cool artwork. He gets like attacked by some monsters here. Um. And he uh, he gets he he gets the demons to uh, get out of there, but he felt like it was too easy. Like, wait, these these demons didn't attack me as much as they could have. And he finds Nightmare, and Nightmare is like it's like if Loki and Morbius had a child. Like he, that's how he looks. He like. almost looks like Mister Sinister without like yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does actually. Um, but he uh kind of has a little back and forth with Dr. Strange about Morbius and basically Nightmare has taken over Morbius's soul. Well, Morbius 
like, you know, uh, Dr. Strange tries to, well, this is what it is. He actually eats him. And one of the craziest things was he opens up his stomach and just takes Morbius's soul out of his body and throws it out. <laughs> like, it's the craziest, it's the craziest image. Well, so now Dr. Strange trying to help Morbius and Morbius goes to attack him. And because apparently Morbius was try experimenting with some drug that actually caused him in his, this sleep. But because of that drug, he's like having hallucinations and he thinks that Dr. Strange is a demon. Ah. So, and, and it's in his bloodstream. So they go back and forth and Dr. Strange realizes the only way to get to attack. Well, so the only way to stop Morbius is to attack him and make him or make Morbius think that he's also a vampire and, and like actually bite him and get that blood in his system. So Dr. Strange attacks Morbius becomes a vampire, which is really cool. But then he starts like fainting cause he doesn't, his body doesn't know how to transition with it or whatever. And Morbius starts to come back to like normalcy, but Dr. Strange can't explain to him like, Hey, this is a dream state. Get out of here. Whatever. Uh, Martine shows up, which was more one of Morbius's love interests throughout the comics and says, come with me, Morbius, come with me. Uh, and he like walks off. But what Morbius doesn't notice that it's not Martine. It's a demon. Oh, and, Do- and Dr. Strange can see that a nightmare is just basically like you fool. Morbius is going to be doomed and you are too. And nightmare disappears. And then we get the nice shot of, Mustache to vampire Dr. Strange. <laughs> oh my god. And it, it continues on. Uh, it's actually kind of cool. I almost want to get the next, I want to get the next book because the next book's called Nightmare on Bleecker Street. How cool is that? That is awesome. That sounds like a cool comic. Yeah, yeah it was fun. Uh, it, it had that 90s feel. Uh, these are two characters that I fell in love with during that time period because of the Spider-Man right. uh, TV show. And, I thought it was something different, and like if you're thinking like a horror or magic or Halloween comic, like that's pretty. And I had a couple. There was there was there was a Ghost Rider with Werewolf by Night, but it just wasn't long enough. It was one of those half and halves. That you yeah. Know, like yeah. So I you know I went with this one. Uh, really, really good. Uh, as far as artwork, pretty cool for the '90s. It's just short, like the glossy page, like. Yeah, it's the paper page era, but it's like the modern paper page era. So, um, I, this artwork's really sweet. I'm going to give it a 10. Like, I hold, it holds a candle to, like, what they have now in the comic books. I appreciate that. Um, I wonder if it was anybody really famous either. I'll have to look at that. Uh, but, uh, as far as the action, um, you had, you had some nice little fights with the demons. Doctor Strange fights Morbius. Uh, it's not full action, but I'll give it an eight. Excuse me. Okay. And as far as storytelling, tells a real good story. Tells a good Doctor Strange story, a Nightmare story, a Morbius story. Like, it's three, it really features three characters. And what's crazy is that now you want to pick up the Doctor Strange book, but you also want to pick up the Morbius book because they will basically make Morbius go on, on his own. Right. And, yeah. So anybody that can, any book that can tell a, three stories that make you want to buy Multiple different types of comic books. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's impressive. So, um, I'll give it a nine. Okay. I'm a little, the magic stuff sometimes throws me a little off, so that's why it's not a perfect ten. But I'll give it a nine. Okay. As far as dialogue, 
It didn't have that weird magic. Like, you know how Doctor Strange books can be a little hard to read sometimes? Yeah. yeah. Like Thor, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know, with Thor, even the Superman book, when it's really Kryptonian, yeah. it's, it's, it's really hard to read. Um, but this was not hard to read at all. Uh, I, it, it, like, even Nightmare's lingo and stuff was pretty good. And what's, what's kind of cool is, is that he's not the Sorcerer Supreme at this time, but they don't say who is. I wonder if, if this was, I wonder if this was when Clea became it. Cause he does mention Clea briefly. Oh. Cause I know she was, I think she was Sorcerer Supreme at one point. But uh, as far as um, dialogue, I'll, I'll give that a nine as well. I really like this book. I can tell. Um, and rereadability, it's really cool. It's it's flashy. It's in your face. It's quick. It, it doesn't get lost. It's constant. If it's not action, it's constant storytelling. There's no down points. Um, I understand Doctor Strange and the magic's a little weird for people, so I probably I won't give it a ten. I'll give it an eight for rereadability. Very, very good. Okay, so that gives us a score of forty-four. One of your higher-rated ones. Yeah, I mean, just really fun book. I, you know, two iconic it seems, characters. It's cool too because it's it's an obscure title. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like people. That's not a book people are, are going to be like, hey, you got to check this one out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and for you to give that a high rating, and like I said, it's a, it's a great story. It sounds like a really good story, and everything else about it just works. So that's, yeah. that's good to say. too, too, so it was a long Doctor Strange run. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. All right. I will get on to my second one. Um, it is Midnight Suns Unlimited number two. For the people watching at home, there's the cover. Uh, yes, July... And of 1993, and it's actually really cool. I never read a Midnight Suns book before. It actually has four different stories in it, oh. um, which was cool. It had Morbius, um, which w- what hooked me because it was on the cover. It had uh, Bl- Blade. It had Ghost Rider, and it had one other obscure character that I've never heard of: Darkhold. Oh no, Darkhold! Yeah, the, the little alien things. Well, Darkhold's the the book. It's basically oh, okay. Yeah, it's the opposite of um. What is the book that Doctor Strange reads from? It's, it's the a... it's the dark magic book. Okay. Uh, there was actually an Agents of Shield season that really really featured it, but in the comics, it's got Doctor Strange and Ghost Rider ties. Okay. All right, that makes sense. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, and you know, it was nice too because this was a, this was a solid, nice long read. That I really, really appreciated. When I did the very first book I did, the Marvel Team Up ones, it had four stories in it, but they were super short. And and these very easily could have been separated into, you know, they're each individual story. But they they threw it all in one. Um, I mean, a three dollars ninety five cent book back in nineteen ninety three. So hefty book, yeah. That's that's expensive back then. Yeah. But it was like done well because like I when I read that Iron Fist book that had like. You know, three different, or it was a you know, name or Iron Fist, but it was like three other stories, yeah. and it was just all over the place. Yeah, yeah, I loved every bit about this book, and I'm excited to get into it. Um, first up was the Morbius storyline, uh, which was really cool, and I do got to add it. It did give me added interest in a Morbius movie cool. at the sight of him being. I mean, he's not not, not a hero. He's kind of like Venom in the sense, like the he's anti-hero. Hero, yeah. Um, without a doubt, you know, he, he's he's got his own run now. He's promised that he'd never drink the blood of innocence again. 
um, which is really cool because I always wondered why he was on the side of the good guys during Maximum Carnage, which came out that same year. And this kind of, you know, you got to see Morbius a little bit more in depth than you did in that book, and it kind of it ties up a few loose ends for me. Um, but it starts off, he's in a abandoned building, and there's a news crew that's looking for haunted stuff. It's about that, you know, that Halloweeny time of <laughs> time of year, um, and yeah, they're they're looking for for spooky supernatural stuff, and they they find Morbius, and he freaks out on him. He, he's he's ready to eat to you know he's got to he's got to feed himself, um, but he 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 gets out of there because they're innocent people. They're not really doing anything wrong. And he flees. He's on the city streets now, escaping. But they did get a little bit of video of him, which they end up using. Um, they show a scene of a mugger running down a subway and a character named Bloodbath, um, which was – he kind of had an interesting backstory. It's, it's probably easier to, if you read it um, – you know what uh, to understand it, but uh, Morbius eventually feeds. He beats up some thugs, and then we get into his his backstory. Uh, this bloodbath character. He's the son of a Doctor Emil Kovacs, um, and they experimented on him, and he actually ended up growing these two like spikes out of his chest, and it eventually grew into more. But he killed a bunch of these assistant doctors that were working on him. They turned him into a, he's pretty creepy looking, like demon thing. And I, I thought it worked well. It was a fun, fun Morbius villain. Um, but yes, Morbius is reading this history of him and why, you know, what's going on. Because he wants to clear his name. Because everyone's saying Morbius is the person doing all these killings of homeless people in the subway. And, but yeah, he's trying to clear his name. So the, the reporters that were in the, uh, they were in that building that found him, that kind of recorded him. Um, they're traveling down the subway to try and track him down, and they get attacked by Bloodbath. <laughs> they, they get attacked by him, and Morbius comes in in, in the nick of time, goes to save him. Uh, really sweet battle um, aboard. Because this Bloodbath dude, he's, he's, he's huge, and he's got this. His suit is almost impenetrable, and, you know, he puts up a good... You know, a really good fight. He was actually a very interesting character and relatively strong. Um, but anyways, because I know i got three more stories in this to read, he actually wins the battle. Uh, Morbius is Morbius is like almost in a, like a sleeper hole. He's in his grasp, and he gets Bloodbath to stab himself in the arm with with the spikes in his chest, and then he, he hits and breaks the uh, this glass protective case over Bloodbath's face. And that's kind of the end of the story there. Um uh, which was yeah, it was a that was a fun one. That was a I really enjoyed that one. That was probably my favorite out of the four of these. Um uh, the next one was the Dark Hold story. It's about a a cop. He starts seeing these little green alien creatures and and uh only he can see them. Only he can see them. Which is weird. It it makes everybody, you know, kind of weirded out by you know, some of the stuff he says, but he starts to see him more and more and, and whatnot. I'll get through. This one was a little bit harder to follow. Um, but anyways, he's, he's on the scene of something. He's out in public and he's telling people to beat this alien thing out of him. And 
because it's bursting out of his stomach. It's it's pretty gruesome looking, and uh, none of these people will touch him. Uh, they're they're of African American descent, you know the whole cops versus that you know thing. They they really put that through and through here, uh, and yeah, they were recording the whole thing, and he's and uh, yeah, he wanted he wanted them to beat this thing out of him, and they would not touch him. And that was pretty much the the end line was, can't you understand? I can feel it growing, huge millions of eggs. It's inside me, and I can't get it out. And that was the end of that. That was definitely my least favorite story. Darkhold's weird, man. It's super weird. But it's like this book that can just give you demons and ghosts and aliens. It's it's like Marvel's Necronomicon. Yes. That's probably the best way to describe it. The next story was Blade. And this one was a fun one, too. I've never read a Blade comic book before. And this was really neat. Uh, It starts off where uh, a young woman's being attacked by these demons. And Blade just happens to show up. And he defeats them and saves this woman. Um he brings her back to his place and they, you know, she tells him, Hey, you got to save my brother from, you know, the place where these demons came from. And he goes, okay, I, you know, you can trust me. I got you. So he goes, he cuts off the, you know, he fights these demons, cuts, you know, cuts one of their heads off and he goes to meet this, this, uh, this leader, this leader of this place that, um, this woman he saved. It's kind of like, I don't know how to describe it. He kind of owns her. He almost looks like a pimp. <laughs> he almost looks like a pimp. It, it's it's pretty deep. Um, but yes, he's there, and he and this this man calls this this giant drag, red dragon thing. Um, what do they call it? the taker of heads? Is what they call it. And he's fighting it. He's fighting it. He's going in for the kill. And it and this girl who he saved stabs Blade in the back, and it turns out the entire thing was a setup from the start and that this red demon thing was actually her brother that they were telling him that she was telling him to save. So he ends up killing uh this demon. Um she you know he go he goes to this girl, he goes, you know, you know, how could you do that? Blah 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 and she pulls a gun on him and he throws his sword at her and goes right through her chest and that it was this end scene of him walking away. The place that they're inside is up in flames. It was really, really cool. All right, and the last story it was a ghostwriter story. It was uh, Danny Ketch, Danny Ketch, ghostwriter, and he actually fights this. I don't even the harvester is what they call him, and apparently he is the way he is. He's because of the penance there. Um, something about it transformed this guy, and it's pretty much just an all-out fight. And it's, it's, it's really cool. You know, the same good, you know, Ghost Rider getting beat up a little bit, showing off this, this harvester, um, villain and Ghost Rider eventually gets him again with the, uh, the penance there. And actually, uh, he rips his head off <laughs> after it's, it was really, really grotesque. Um, that was the quickest one. It was a really fun one too. I love Ghost Rider books. Um, my brother's a big Ghost Rider fan, and know, he's got such a fun lore to him. Yeah. I, I really do enjoy his stuff, and he's got an obscure, like obscure villains too. Yeah, and there's so many. Just like honestly, you can get into each different Ghost Rider, and they bring a different element. Mm-hmm. Oh, know, without a doubt. You know, J- Johnny Blaze is a way different element than Danny Catch, and um, 
even even the you know the, we took the Frank Castle one, but uh, what's there's the, the Robbie female, Reyes, Robbie Reyes, other. the Robbie Reyes run is yeah. really good. And there's the female one now. I can't think of her name, but she's like very intense, and she's working with Johnny Blaze. And I want to really get the Mastodon one. <laughs> the, the, and also, dude, did they ever do a full run on the uh, on the cowboy one? I don't I forget know. his name, but I don't remember. The one that Sam Elliott played in the movie? Yeah, yeah. I think they should elaborate on that. They, sure they, they really should. It would be cool, a nice little Western in there. Yeah. And that's where Marvel could bring in, like, Billy Tuga, kid. Like, all yeah. their, like, you know, old uh, Western characters. I completely agree. There might be, like, a small, like, five-issue run somewhere. I have to look into it. Yeah, I'm sure there were. I mean, this thing, I never heard of Midnight Suns before, and I picked it up for a dollar at that used book outlet, just like I did the other book, and, you know... It was just so cool. You, you really don't know what's out there. Yeah. And I keep, every time I go to a comic book shop, I learn a little bit more about different, you know, stories that they've had and, and just how crazy good they are. The, um, Midnight Suns team in general is almost like the, it's almost like a Justice League Dark. Okay. Uh, cause they, they're in, there's team ups and it's, it has traditionally been Blade, Morbius, Werewolf by Night, Man Thing, Ghost Rider, yep. Moon Knight, uh, and, uh, Punisher. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, you want to talk about a sweet team? There's a female yeah, there too. But yeah, I, I, but I mean, those are the usual, yeah, there is like other, and they'll have like, yeah. I think Dr. Strange obviously done stuff with yeah. them, and yeah. That is sick. That is really cool. Um, yeah, now that you say that, I kind of wish the book was a team up book, but I think it was kind of cool to give them four individual stories. Yeah. Um, so let's score it. The artwork, that 90s artwork that I love so much and that defines, you know, when I think of comic book characters, this is the time period that I think of. And it has the glossy pages, too. Um, so, yeah, July 93, and had it. I'm going to give the artwork a 10 action. I mean, four stories, there's bound to be good stuff. And there was. The Ghost Rider fight was cool. Uh, the Blade fight was really cool. Yeah. The the very first one, the Morbius and uh, Bloodbath fight, Really cool. It's it was nice to see Morbius in a different light from the from what I know. You know, he's always been that Spider-Man villain, that bad guy. And, and and even though he's he's protecting innocence in this one, he won't go after innocence for you know to to quench his thirst for blood. You know, in the Maxim Carnage storyline, him and Spider-Man still don't get along. So it adds a very interesting dynamic to that. Uh, I'm going to give the action a nine. Story, four stories. Um, and I guess really that that sec that was it the second one the uh, Dark Stalkers or Darkhold. Um, I didn't I didn't really care for. Um, but if I separate it all and give them like score them out of two and a half, I'd have to give. Yeah, I'm gonna give it. You know, I'm gonna give the story an eight or excuse me a seven. It had a Twilight Zone feel that Darkhold yeah. story. Yeah, it was it was super weird. Um, dialogue. Such good dialogue all throughout. I'm going to give the dialogue a 9. And rereadability. There was a lot to read here. And it's something... Sometimes, like, like books with quick stories are not as fun to reread. Whereas a book like this, and there's so much content in it, I, I would definitely reread it again. I'm going to give it a 9. So that gives us a score of... Thirty-five and forty-four out of fifty. Hey, call it. We tied. So forty-four out of fifty for Midnight Suns Unlimited two from Both July nineteen ninety-three. That's right. That is right. I almost also did a Morbius comic. 
Well, he's a vampire. It is Halloween. Yeah, I know. Oh, you know what? You like to say for our special events that, you know, Punishers and everything. Uh, finally, the Punisher is not in something. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Greg. Last book. I'm super excited. I did Scooby-Doo Apocalypse. Love it. Super pumped about it. I actually am doing issue two um, because it was more exciting and <laughs> just felt like it was better. The first one was a lot of dialogue, and I thought this was a better one to cover. Um, Scooby, This is a totally different version of Scooby-Doo, so just to, just to get an idea of what's going on, um, Daphne Blake and Fred are reporters. Fred is the cameraman for Daphne and she's like a mystery reporter because she got discredited as a regular reporter. Oh. She refused to um to lie. Okay. And so now she does like the world's mysteries with Daphne Blake. What did uh what year is this book from? 2016. Wow, cuz it reminds me um that Scooby-Doo and Zombie Island movie. Yep. It was the same situation. They were all separated and Fred and Daphne were together as a cameraman and and journalist. Yeah, it's very similar except they don't know each other yet. Uh oh, kind of in passing. Shaggy is like this hipster tattoo mustache up dog trainer who is training Scooby, who is actually like a militarized smart dog, but he failed. He was a failed oh experiment. Um, and he has these glasses that let him emote and like, like faces pop up on him that Scooby is wearing. Um, and Velma is a scientist at this lab that, that Shaggy works for. Um, and essentially called Velma and or not Velma, Daphne and Fred there to tell them this story about um these four scientists have basically released there's this techno virus that was released into everybody that was supposed to get rid of their like primal instincts and, and the things that make them bad and right. turn everybody good, but it turns out it was actually making them docile. Oh. And she just wanted to let everybody let them know before they could activate it. Um and all four doctors needed to be there in the safe room that they end up they, without getting the whole first issue, they end up leading down into the safe room. Uh, and that's where this issue starts because all of a sudden the virus initiates without the doctors around. And they are in the safe room while this is all happening. So it starts with them all trapped in this room. Um, and the uh, generators have kicked in and they are trying to get out uh, and figure out what's going on. And they have no idea. And there's this awesome little thing they're all talking about um, how – this, this this is clearly not a good thing. Some nanite virus is being released, and now the power shut off, and all the alarms are going off. Fred goes, "This could be the end of the world as we know it." And Shaggy just quips, "Oh man, I really love that song." Pop <laughs> <laughs> huge, I love it. I, I can't get over hipster Shaggy. <laughs> it's so good. And like Fred has is like tatted up too, and like super jacked, and and Daphne's like almost like in a Daphne military outfit. Badass. Yeah, Velma's, Velma's the only one Velma. that looks tra- traditional. Yeah. By the way, Velma, my love. They get into a little bit of argument about what's so going beautiful. on, and like Daphne's yelling at Velma for like basically being a part of this, and she's like, "Well, I was trying to whistle blow on it before it happened. Like, I'm not part of this." Right. Um. She goes, "But we need to get answers and get out of here." And they come up on the, one of these colleagues that she worked with, uh, Doctor Kramer, and he's got his back to her, and she's like, "Well, maybe he'll know. He's the chief of biotech." And like Scooby just starts like growling and barking. And all of a sudden, Kramer turns around, and he's this, like, huge, like, leech-looking monster thing and, like, charges. And Velma just, like, runs away and yells, Jinkies still. But, like, this thing is, like, about to bite into her and rip her apart. Um, So Scooby jumps onto it and tries to fight it. But it 
he it attacks and this other monster shows up and it's like this green monster with a mouth in its stomach. Um, and they were all trying to get away from it and all of a sudden the monsters start fighting each other so they run away. Um, they come on like another area and they're just trying to find out what's going on and there's another scientist with his intestines just ripped out. Not your traditional Scooby-Doo story. No, not at all. I'm very taken aback by this and my childhood might be slightly destroyed but I'm very excited. It's, I'm, and they all kind of get in an argument. You get your, your pseudo like, uh, little like lines underneath where Fred's like kind of telling him, he, telling Daphne he loves her just with like, don't you know I'm always with you? Like cheesy lines, but <laughs> it, it's always got to be there for the stories. And they're all kind of trying to figure out a plan and figure out where they could go. Um, and like struggling with what's going on and they, they pull up a camera feed and there's just all these monsters like ripping the people who didn't turn apart. And they all look different. None of the monsters look the same. They're not like zombies. They're like right. weird, like like all sorts of just nightmare-looking monsters. And it's really cool. Um, and they're all trying to find a way, like where to go and how they can get to um, the next place. They're in a safe zone in the complex um, currently. but And they think that's why maybe they didn't turn was because of that. Um, and it continues. They're all kind of arguing about what's happening and – uh, Shaggy recognizes this girl and he goes, Becky, is that you? And he goes, are you all right? And she goes, yes, I'm the best I've ever been. And she's this like giant monster and like jumps on Shaggy and like telling her like, oh, I see the way you look at me. Why don't you give me a little kiss? And she's like trying to bite down on his face. Um, Poor Shaggy. <laughs> they we- they actually weaponed up before this. So they've all got like M4s and pistols and Velma can't get herself to shoot. So she pistol whips the monster. Uh, Scooby jumps on her to try to get her off, and finally Daphne shoots it in the head. Um, she's been she's like went to the shooting range when she lived on her ranch and everything. She's still super rich girl, but she's like freaking out now because she just killed someone that was a that was a person like in her head still like this used to be a living person, um, and now she's really freaking out. So she slugs Velma in the face for being a part of this and like doesn't trust her. Whoa. They, um, all of a sudden another monster starts to come and they try to crawl away through a grate and Fred has to shoot and kill the monster. Um, but he says, I don't even know if I killed it. I closed my eyes and pulled the trigger. Uh, and they're crawling through the vents and there's just monsters everywhere. Uh, and finally they come across this machine that, um, another doctor had built. I forget what his name was. Um, and she says he wouldn't tell us what it is. He, or Dr. Kreese called it his uh, his mystery machine, and it's this giant, like, weaponized, oh like, LAV. It's awesome. So ridiculous. <laughs> and they they find another body, and they find, actually, that Dr. Kreese, who built this machine, is dead. Um, and they're all kind of struggling with it. And it said, they say, um, Shaggy said something that's got me thinking about, and all of a sudden says, no more thinking, only dying. And there's these, like, creatures above them. Um, let's say kill them all and you get the jeepers, rut row, jinky, zonks, zoinks. <laughs> and that's the end of that issue. Oh my God. It's a really cool book. I love that take of them. Yeah. It's a really, it's like a, almost like a Riverdale-esque, like a Sabrina-esque. If you were to take these yeah. old and like kind of put it in a, a new world, but like up what's going on, up the ante. And I, I really enjoy it. Um, I love just their personalities are still there yes. for sure. They still all are the same characters, just more realistic, less cartoony. 
But like Shaggy's still full on hungry hipster goofball. Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo, except like he was part of literally part of like a a a dog like a militarized dog, smart dog program, and he failed because his heart was too big. He was he wasn't a killer. He was too sweet. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And the other dogs were picking on him and beating him up, which play into the, the roles later, which is kind of cool. You get a little bit of the Scrappy gang, and Scrappy's oh my God. awesome. <laughs> Scrappy the heel? Uh, no, not really. He's kind of in the middle somewhere. He's like yeah. that that heel that eventually joins the team kind of thing. Right. Uh, and he uses the techno virus to become six foot tall and jack. Oh, uh, that's a heel. <laughs> oh yeah, it's so good. But yeah, uh, so I'll, I'll hop that's into scrappy. this. Yeah. This is a cool comic. The artwork, the artwork feels very new, but like still just so reminiscent of the old Scooby Doo. Uh, I'm gonna give the artwork a ten. I really like it. Very good. It it, it just it feels it. Oh, it's just such a good book. Um, action. There wasn't a ton of action, but there's definitely a lot of that that urgency that I like to say. Like when you're reading this, you're like. Oh man, what's gonna happen? Oh man, what's gonna happen next? Like, um, I'm gonna give the action an eight because it, it always does feel like something's going on, even when they're talking in this issue. Right. This issue. Um, Chris Gullows is watching. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> Dialogue. Like I said, these feel like my Scooby-Doo characters still. But then at the same time, they feel like this new modern take. The dialogue does that so well. You get the jeepers and the zoinks and the uh-ohs and the, you know, you get all that. Scooby-Doo with the the R's constantly. But they also do a really good job at telling a really good story and, like, having their own personalities while still dealing with this issue and really explaining everything out. Um, it's great. I think I jumped one, huh, didn't I? I did out of order. Story? The story before dialogue, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, dialogue, I'm gonna give an eight. Eight. That's for dialogue. All right. Story hey, you, you, is. You were good. You were in. Story is also an eight because this is such a cool original story. Uh, and it, I was expecting like zombies. I really was. I was like, all right, it's gonna be another zombie story. You get all sorts of these different looking like alien monsters and you don't really know exactly. They even say like, wait, the techno virus was supposed to make them passive, not turn them into monsters. All right. Now I'm really confused as to what's going on. So, um, that's really cool. Rereadability. Like I said, I bought, again, another volume of this. Yeah. I'm pumped to read the next one. Good. I'm actually already have the other two volumes set up for my Amazon cart. <laughs> um, so I'm going to give the rereadability a 10. This is awesome. This is one of those things like, hey, you like Scooby-Doo? Check this out. This is really cool. This will mess with your childhood, but I think you'll enjoy it. They said that, that when DC relaunched this, that it was going to be something people never saw before. And a lot of people brushed off like uh, Scooby-Doo kind of. Yeah. It's so good. Well, it's a concept by Jim Lee. So right there, that tells you a lot. He is a great writer. He He's a really good storyteller. And then a bunch of other people worked on it. Um, but it is his concept. He's he, he's credited for it, but he's not actually credited as a writer for it. Okay. Um, but yeah, this is something like – Nostalgia, it, it has a nostalgia, but new feeling all at the same time. And you're like, wow, I really want to see like where this goes and what's next, especially because there's all these images of them with like different types of like scientific weapons later. And you know, you've, you've got the, the Scooby Doo gang running around with machine guns. It's really cool. It's I really like this awesome comic. Thing. You guys want to hear a funny thing? We all, all our last books tied, forty-four out of fifty. Really? Yeah. I I said it might happen, but I didn't. Even, I didn't actually try to do that. No, you did not. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome, guys. Um. So, all right, we read through our six issues. Uh, is there anything you guys want to close the show off with? I know. Um, for our Facebook Live view- viewers and our podcasters, if you want to come find us on our uh, 
our Facebook page, me and Greg in about 20 minutes or so are going to do a Daredevil Season 3 first reaction. Uh, I finished it on Sunday. He finished it today. Yep. Um, so we're going to do that. So make sure you pay attention to that. How about uh, anything else, guys? Uh, no, uh, you'll get mine eventually. <laughs> I'm almost done. Uh <laughs> Um, but what I'm gonna, I'm gonna try doing it in the guys too, like, uh, kind of recaps of episodes and stuff like that. I do keep up on all the DC shows. Yep. Uh, Flash, Supergirl, uh, Legends, uh, Black Lightning, Arrow, um, and Titans. So, I, I'm gonna start trying to get as many yeah, we recaps can, of We're those. gonna hook up on those cause I a also watch all that. You know, just like, hey guys, this is what I thought. Pretty cool, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't watch a lot of them live. I watch them a, lot, a little bit after, so you probably get like next day of. Yeah. Which is good for spoilers for you guys. Um, and so we'll have a lot of that coming down the pike. I'm really behind on the gifted, so I I am caught up on gifted. I, I have to catch up. I'm like three episodes behind. It's, it's just been really crazy good because Daredevil just being dropped in the middle of this. Yes, it's crazy. Yeah, and I'm trying to keep up with everything. And I forgot the Legends came back on Monday, so it's just like yeah, I'm totally caught up because I didn't go to work today, and that's what I did was sit around and watch comic book show. Oh, all right, awesome guys. Um, everyone watching at home, thank you. Uh, and, and listening, thank you so much for supporting our podcast, the panel discussion. We have a new show out. It comes out every Monday on the BICBP radio network. And uh, the three of us, we work really hard on putting on you know, the best possible show. If you guys have recommendations, uh, send them our way. One of us will pick them up and we'll talk about it. But um, Yeah, I'm always looking for something new to read, especially outside of the superhero realm. But it's hard for me to find stuff sometimes. It is, yeah. I feel you. But, um, all right, guys. On behalf of myself, Greg, and Chris, it's been another solid episode of the panel discussion. We will see you next week.